Hey everybody, William here and Sarah. And we just need to let you know that we are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the Remax Results, a good life group. And that's our legal disclaimer. Welcome to Life Behind the Highlight Reel, the podcast that takes things beyond the curated life we all see online. Join hosts Sarah and William Huffman as they dive in with their friends to talk about the good and the hard things that come with a real, not perfect, life behind the highlight reel. Hey everybody, William here and Sarah and Dina and Dustin. All right. Everybody, we are now here for part two of Dustin's amazing story. So um, Jory's not here this time, but we have Dina sitting in with us um, and we're going to go ahead and... I'm going to do a little recap of what I remember. Um, we had heard a bunch of stories. Um, there, there was a, a the 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 December um, issue had just happened where you were arrested, and then you were waiting for the um, the, the evidence to be thrown out. It was you were told that you could serve two more months, um, so you left Teen Challenge, and that's in a nutshell kind of where we left off. Yep. All right. So for our listeners, if you didn't listen to part one, do it. We highly recommend you go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And start there because number one, it is well worth your time. You are gonna hear a fascinating story. And now I'm I've actually been looking forward to to today all week. Yes. So have I. <laughs> um, because it's like we left off at like the it's like we left off with such a cliffhanger. The height of the shitstorm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so thankful. Thank you for coming back today. But yep. honestly, like your story deserves enough time to not rush it through. Right on. All right, cool. So where do you want to start? Where Where do we want to go from here? Yeah, so we, I'll just, you know, recap back a little bit. I was um, getting ready to leave Teen Challenge. Um, Melissa, at this point, you know, she was seven, almost eight months pregnant. And... At that time, you know, I didn't really have anything, you know, I didn't have nothing. They'd confiscated my vehicle, um, sold it at auction, you know, so I'm leaving Teen Challenge with zero. Like, I have nothing, nowhere to live, um, bag of clothes, that's pretty much all I had. Melissa, like, when you say a bag, you mean like a legitimate garbage bag? A legitimate garbage bag of clothes. Okay. Like, and that was all donated stuff from Teen Challenge when I'd shown hmm. up there, so... Um, I didn't have anything, and I did have a driver's license, so that was huge. Um, Had you lost that at one point, but yep. now you have it back? So I lost it because of all the back child support. Got it. All the child support and stuff was catching up, and I kept losing it. Um, I'd get a little job here and there, you know, throughout using and, you know, enter a payment agreement to get it back, just, you know, so I had it. But for five years, I didn't have it mm -hmm. at all. You know, I was driving with no license and stuff like that. But, um, when I was in Teen Challenge, they helped me get it back. Mm -hmm. um, that was one goal was, you know, I'm going to need a license. And so I left Teen Challenge. Melissa picked me up. She had a car. She was seven months, almost eight months pregnant. This is in July of 2012. And um, she picked me up. She'd been living at a friend's house in a bedroom. Hmm. And I didn't have anywhere to go. Um, mom's was probably an option, but the stepdad was pretty ticked off with me. So mm -hmm. that really wasn't an option yet because I had a lot to prove. And so she picked me up from Teen Challenge, and I, I knew that I had this sentence coming up for the fifth degree, and I had to serve two months. Um, when I was going to have to turn myself in, I didn't know, but I knew that I had a short amount of time to get established, get a job, 
and mm-hmm. at least start making some progress because uh, the stress level was so high, you know, because I had a lot of things going on. You know, I hadn't filed taxes in seven years on the little jobs that I'd worked mm-hmm. and and I had all this back child support and and it was like, man, you know, the stress level was mm-hmm. super, super high. And so I'd gotten out. Melissa picked me up and she was living at a friend's, like I said, in a bedroom. Um, the baby was due in August and I had, I'd been out like three days and Teen Challenge, the counselor, had actually called me and um, she goes, I Sandy County Jail is going to put a warrant out for your arrest. And I said, for what? And she said, well, you never bailed out on the three quarter million dollars on the first degree. Well, there was a paper mix up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> There was a mix-up in the paperwork for when I took the plea agreement on on the fifth degree that they were going to dismiss the appeal on the first degree. Mm -hmm. So it should have went away, but it didn't yet. And so I was really really shook. And I'm like, you know what? I just got to do what's right. I'm just going to call the jail and I'm going to talk to them and and see what I got to do. Well, it was was a matter of only a few hours. That's all it really took. It was actually nothing to be afraid of, you know. Um, I called the jail and... They're like, okay, we'll get in contact with the judge and the district court and see if we can figure this out. And so um, Jackie, the coordinator, she had figured it out, called me back, and she said, yep, you're good to go. And oh I was my gosh. I was bailed out on the fifth wow. degree, but I was I was scared, you know. Yeah. I, was, I was really scared because I thought, all right, I, my mind's set to start moving forward, and now here's a setback already three days later. Mm-hmm. Like, do I got to go back to 72 jail? 72 hours. And yeah. that, I mean, that's all it took for the universe to be like, here's another curveball, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that got straightened out. And the biggest goal was um, find a job. Mm-hmm. And I knew this was going to be hard because at this point I had seven felonies hmm. and two that haven't been put on my record yet. And so there's a challenge there, mm-hmm. um, huge challenge. And, if you know, it, it is true when you have felonies that it's really tough to find a job mm-hmm. or at least get established. And so um, we're living in Anoka. I moved into her friend's house with her. We were in just a small bedroom. Um, she had the only car. Hmm. And I went up to Cambridge and I went to a temp agency to get work, you know, because that's where people told me they needed people to work. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd, I'd gotten a job that day, and I drove out there. They didn't tell me anything about the job. They just said, yeah, you can go start here. You know, it's a temp agency. They're going to throw you in wherever. And I got out there. Well, I had jean shorts on and a T-shirt. Well, here there's a dress code for the job. You know, you got to oh have my, jeans. Yeah. You got to have boots, all this stuff. So they turned me away as soon as I got there. And I'm like, man, like, Really? Well, I came back to the temp agency and she said, we got an opening for tonight hmm. on night shift. And I'm thinking, oh man, night shift. And she goes, well, it's a dollar twenty-five more. And I'm like, all right, I'll take all I can get. Mm-hmm. And so I took that job mm-hmm. and that actually turned out to be the job that established everything for me. Hmm. Um, I showed up to work. I was able to do a job, I guess, that not a lot of people could do at the company. Um, it was making a Cummins Amps generator wire harnesses. So it's all these complex wire harnesses that go into the generators for our military and stuff like that. And you're, you're artsy, so you have attention to detail with stuff like that. And right. I'm assuming there's 
it's not just one wire. There's probably a, a wire harness. Hundreds. Prob- yeah, hundreds of wires hundreds. going into this harness. Yep, and there's this machine that's called a braiding machine, and it actually braids that coating over the top of the wires to protect them from heat and stuff like that. Well, this machine, it's it's pretty tough to run, you know, because you mm-hmm. got to pull the wires through there at a certain way and flip them around and make tails. And so it was, you know, kind of a complex operation. Well, I caught on right away and they were really impressed. So boom, they hire me on. And I'd had some friends from the past that were actually working there. Hmm. And when you say the past, do you mean like past addiction or just okay. off the street people mm-hmm. that I knew, you know what I mean? Okay. And, um, yep. so I got the job right away. Um, Melissa ends up having the baby in August, Mm -hmm. Ariana, Mm -hmm. August 27th. I have to turn myself in September Mm -hmm. and for to do the two months. And so I'm working at park and it's only, I don't know, eight blocks away from the jail, Mm -hmm. which which was my goal because I knew I had to do work release. I knew I I didn't have, I didn't have a car. You know, I was trying to set all these things up to where it was going to work for what I had to do whether it was temporary or not, whatever, but it was close to the jail. And I know I'm not going to make a ton of money. I think they started me at like 9.50. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was with the overnight shift if? Yeah, or it was 10.50 maybe okay. with. Um, and so I turned myself in in September. I did the two months. And while I was in there, another curveball. Drug tests aren't always accurate. Hmm. So when you're on work release, you get random drug tests every week. And I'd been in there two weeks, maybe three weeks. And I came back and I took my weekly test and it showed up positive for marijuana. And I'm like, there's no way, you know, like this is not possible. And then another guy failed one for um, opiates. Hmm. We're like, what the hell, you know, all these guys are failing. Well, it turned out they got a bad batch of drug tests. Oh my God. It's just crazy. You can't make it up. No, I'm not I'm not even making it up. But the bummer was is that I just got this job, and now they won't let me leave for work release. Oh, yeah. Because they think you're getting high at work. And I'm trying to be calm about it. But now this job that I have is on the line because now I'm not showing up to work. And it was hard enough, you know, trying to find a job mm-hmm. that I'm just freaking out. Well, they were super good about it. I had to sit the week for the test to be sent in Mm -hmm. and actually get tested by a lab and then come back. And when it came back negative, of course, I knew it was negative. So Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting there like, dude, I can't go to work. You know, like, what's the deal? And um, the jail was really good. Hmm. They actually called my job. The jail did. The captain. And talked to my supervisor and said, hey, look, you know, this is our our bad. does he still have a job, you know? And mm-hmm. I, and I did, they let me come back cause I was a good worker, you know? And so I got out that night, um, of the day they got the test back, mm-hmm. went back to work and everything went smooth. I wasn't making like a ton of money or nothing. It was pretty much enough to cover the weekly fee to get out of mm-hmm. jail and go to work. You know, it wasn't a lot of money cause they were already hitting it for child support for all the arrears yep. plus current. And you know, that went on for a while, and I, I kept working at Park. Um, a friend of mine, Nicole, was working there, and um, she was dating a, a good friend of mine from the past, Russ. And these guys had started a group called Get You Some Outdoors. Hmm. And it was him, his brother, and another friend of theirs, Kurt. And 
I was like, man, you know, uh, this whole time I'm trying to find some way to spend my free time mm-hmm. without thinking about doing other things because I had all mm-hmm. this space to fill. And they'd started this outdoor group. And it was just, you know, starting a group, no intentions of anything, you know. And um, But I clicked with that. And I didn't have any fishing gear. You know, I literally still had... Not even a pot to piss in yet. Basically mm-hmm. your bag, but now... Uh... And we're back, you know, we're, I'm out living in Anoka at her, her, uh, Melissa's friend's house. And um, this outdoor thing started, and it was just kind of a way for us to connect with each other and do something a little bit better than what we'd been doing. Because mm-hmm. um, we all kind of had that past. And, well, eventually things didn't work out for... Um, where we were staying because I wasn't making very much money at all. I was driving from Anoka to Cambridge to work, but I still had a job. Mm -hmm. So I was just sticking with it. And Melissa wasn't working anymore. She was at home with baby. I was using the only car we had. Um, And so we weren't really, I was doing what I could to help around that house, but there wasn't like, we couldn't pay him anything, Mm -hmm. you know, and eventually things kind of were thin. So we ended up moving to my mom's house in Princeton. And alcohol, like I said, has always been a thing um, with my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she's always been a good mom, but alcohol has always been a part of her life. And I needed to be away from that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really really tough moving there. And um, I was still working at Park. Still on the night shift. Still on the night shift. And that was wearing on us too Mm -hmm. because I wasn't a functioning father or boyfriend because I was sleeping all day. And, um, but I needed that extra dollar, you know what I mean? And, um, Nicole's boyfriend, Russ, he ended up, he had a brain aneurysm Mm -hmm. and I was at work that day. And I remember seeing Nicole running out of work. And then we found out what happened to Russ. And they had him on life support. Um, I went down to the hospital after work and seen Nicole, seen Russ. And there was, you know, there was, at that point, there was pretty much nothing, mm-hmm. nothing you could do. But Russ was an organ donor. Hmm. And they decided to pull the plug on him, um, donated his organs. And, but Russie's kids had ended up in foster care in Minneapolis and Russie's brother, Arnie, another good friend of mine, one of the ones that helped start, get you some outdoors. Um, he'd went down there to see his niece and nephew Mm -hmm. and he's seen all them kids with, uh, no parents, stuff like that. And something just kind of set a spark there we got to do something for these kids. And so we started basing Get You Some Outdoors on helping kids. And so that Christmas, we actually worked with the foster home, Mm -hmm. got some ideas about the kids and what they liked and stuff like that. And we ended up going out and rallying all the troops and all these members in the group and getting lists for the kids or whatever and then bought them all these gifts. Mm -hmm. Can I... This is like 2013 or whatever. 
Yeah. Around that time, 2013, right? 2013, 2014. Um, you're still living at your mother's house. Yep. Yep. Still. Working the night shift. Yep. $10 an hour. Yep. And this is what you decided to do with your free time? Yep. Okay. And you know, in that, at the time, I didn't know how to put it, but I actually just listened to your guys' other podcasts last week or the week before mm-hmm. with that Vanessa. <laughs> she was spot on about when she said, finding that space where you lose, uh, you lose track, track of time. time. Um, I didn't know what a purpose was, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was trying to figure this stuff out and I had all these stresses and, and living at home. Well, then this came up and Arnie's like, let's do this, you know? And, and I'm like, all right, well, Russie, uh, Russ had just passed away and I got this wild hair up my butt to just, I'm going to do a benefit for you and your family too. Hmm. To help pay for the funeral costs and all this stuff and i'd never done nothing like this in my life like you know i was clueless and so arnie's working on the gifts for the kids for christmas i'm out running around with people i don't even know mm-hmm. um trying to get donations and build a benefit i'd never done it you know i didn't know nothing about it i printed off all these flyers and Loaded up this girl, Peggy, um, just met her through Arnie and Russ. Uh, we drove down to Noka, Coon Rapids. Mm-hmm. We walked in, in and out of every business, you know, hand them a flyer asking for donations. Cause I was thinking to myself, like, what's the worst thing they can say? No, no, mm-hmm. oh, I don't care. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I want the ones that are saying yes. Right. And, and people were questioning like, God, Dustin really doing this? Like, how's this going to turn out? Is this mm-hmm. going to be a shit show? You know what I mean? Cause my past, like everyone knew that I'd just been this big fuck up, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, but I was all in, you know, and me and Peggy, we jumped in my blazer and we drove down there. And by the time we came back that day, you couldn't fit anything else in the back of my truck. Wow. It was packed wow. full of donations. Wow. And I just, it felt really good. Mm-hmm. And we did the benefit and we raised like $7,000 or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact wow. amount. And then the work that I was working for at the time, they actually donated $5,000 to Nicole because she worked there. Um, wow. They gave a bunch of people donated their uh, paid time off mm-hmm. to her because she needed time off to figure out. Pull life back together. Right. And um, that really brought me and Arnie closer together because I knew Russ really well, but I didn't know Arnie that mm-hmm. well. And, um, that brought me and Arnie's dad close together Hmm. too. And I was like, God, this was, this was awesome. You know what I mean? Like this felt really good. Yeah. And, uh, so we're still living at my mom's and then there's this big blow up between my mom and Melissa. Mm -hmm. Alcohol, obviously part of the problem. Um, late at night, you know, been drinking, you know, stuff like that Mm -hmm. happens. Um, so Melissa and Ariana, um, they leave because my mom's telling them to get out. Mm-hmm. And so now my family's split up. Hmm. And this whole time I'd been searching for a place to live and, you know, getting turned down because they all want background checks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a past, you know. And and a quite recent one, to be very honest. Real recent. Yeah. Um, still on probation. Yeah. Um, you know, and... So it was super tough. I'd been at Park two years. I'd been searching for a place, um, you know, and 
Melissa's at her dad's with the baby. Um, you know, they're not coming to my mom's to hang out or anything like that because mm-hmm. this huge blow up happened and and life was really stressful. And so I ended up switching to days mm-hmm. because I just I couldn't function throughout the day on the weekends to try to find an apartment or place, you know, because I was sleeping all day. I was mm-hmm. sleeping until two o'clock in the afternoon and working night shift just is a whole different thing to your brain. You know, and I and I did it because I had to. Mm-hmm. And and I needed the money. So it was about, I don't know, six months, probably six months. I was at my mom's house mm-hmm. by myself searching for a place to live. And I just so happened to be driving into work one day. And right on the main drag, 95, there was a for rent sign right on the main drag. And I thought, oh, man, what kind of place is this? You know, I'm like, you know what, whatever, I'm going to try it. So I called the number, and his name was Tom, and he said, yep, you know, I got one apartment available. Um, If you want to come check it out, come check it out. And so I went after work, and Mm -hmm. I went and checked it out. And he goes, you know, I do a background check and stuff like that. And I I just, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just going to be honest here. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I said to him. I said, I'm just going to be honest. Um, I have a job. I haven't missed any work. Um, I don't show up late. I've learned everything about the company because at this point I had moved around the entire company learning every aspect of the company. Because you're, you're two years there already. Yeah. Wow. I've learned everything about it. Mm-hmm. I've run all their technical cut machines, you know, everything. And I said, um, that's all I have going for me, but I have a criminal history. I said, but I have a girlfriend and a kid. We're not in the same home right now. and We need a place to live. Mm-hmm. And this is close to work now, too, you know, if I got this place. And so he ran the background check. I, I pay, You know, and 35 bucks, a lot of people don't think about it, but 35 bucks to me for each application, I was thinking, like, man, that's this a lot. is a lot of money. Well, that, mm-hmm. that's a full week of working the night shift for the extra dollar. Well, and then you take away child support. So my checks every two weeks were 326 bucks. Hmm. That's it. 326 every two weeks. So do the math, you know, every two weeks, every two weeks. So $652 a month, a month. That's what I was bringing in. Um, so it was tight. It was really tight mm-hmm. and I hadn't even dealt with the taxes or nothing like that. You know what I mean? I was still kind of pushing them off. Hadn't filed them, you know, working at park the last two years. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of pushing them off cause I knew what I had done in the past that I knew I was going to owe taxes. And so, um, I was on a really tight budget and he gave us a shot Hmm. and I was so relieved. I'm like, Oh my God, we finally found a place to live. And it was the greatest day ever. It wasn't a huge apartment, 700 square feet, maybe two bedroom, real small. And it was old. You could tell it'd been through its runs with people and, Mm -hmm. but we'd take it, you know, it was ours. It was yours. Um, you know, and it was cheap enough to where, I think when we moved in, it was like six forty or six seventy mm-hmm. a month, um, so it was cheap enough, uh, and it would suit our needs. Mm-hmm. And so we moved in there, and I'm still working at Park. But like I said, well now, now you know I moved to day shift, you know, so I lost that dollar. Um, but I was close to work, so I wasn't driving a half hour each way from mm-hmm. Princeton anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was gaining money, and I'm a I'm a numbers guy, like. I'm really good with math. Mm-hmm. And so I was always 
on top of finances, bills, you know, uh, what I can and can't do. And I still at this point didn't have any fishing equipment, but I was invested in get you some outdoors. Well, after Russ passed, um, the group kind of fell apart. And I was still on this high from doing that benefit. Like, Mm -hmm. I was still feeling so good. I'm like, God, you know. And I hadn't done it for a while that I was, I felt like I was missing something. And then all you started seeing all these posts on Facebook, giveaways. Hmm. And Will knows about the giveaways because I've tagged them. <laughs> You're in a, all over it. Just last right, night you did. Right. So uh, <laughs> these giveaways, you know, we started, I started, you know, I was following these outdoor groups and these uh, tackle companies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they started doing all these giveaways. And I'm like, ah, you know, is it real? Is it not? Because you'll see some for like a camper or a, you know, Dodge Dart or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, yeah, right. Nobody's giving that away. Yeah. But these were for, you know, tackle packages or wild tickets or, you know what I mean? So I started entering all these giveaways. And I started winning them. Hmm. But then I was thinking like, well, I don't even really need this stuff. You know, be cool to have some fishing gear. So a few things I kept. But the other things, they just kind of started piling up in the corner. All your winnings. All my winnings. Mm-hmm. And There's a whole story with this, so let's let alone. But yeah, keep yeah. going, keep going. I love this. So I, I, they started piling up, and I'm like, with not having so much money at all, I never really got focused on money or stuff. I tell everyone that all the time. It's just stuff, and it's just money. It It's meaningless to me, like... Literally, I could lose everything tomorrow and I wouldn't care. I would go back and rebuild and do it all over again Mm -hmm. Um, because it's just stuff. So that's how I kind of felt about all this stuff I was winning. I was like, yeah, it's just stuff. I'm like, you know what? Why don't we start giving it away to kids? So the group fell apart and they were all like, Dustin, you run the group. Hmm. So that's when I took over the group. And I'm like, I'm going to start giving this stuff away to kids. So that's what I started doing. And I actually, you know, kind of stole the idea of Facebook social media posts that I'm just going to give it away on the group page. Well, then we decided to have a get together on ice. We didn't know how it would go. We weren't going to charge anyone anything. We just said, come on out. We're going to cook some food, got some prizes for the kids, you know, and I'm still on this tight budget. Like I have no money, no extra for nothing, but I have all this stuff. And I'm like, I'll bring all this stuff out there. We'll give, you know, kids rods and reels and whatever, you know, whatever I got, I'll give it away. I don't care. Why would you do that? You just want it. It's just stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I had my fishing gear, you know, now I had a rod and reel and some tackle. I I still didn't have a fish locator or anything like that, you know. Um, So we threw a little get together and only a few people showed up, but it was good. It was great. And we gave these kids few little prizes you know and their faces just lit up and i'm like i'm like oh there's that feeling again you know what i mean and this whole time you know you you referring back to what vanessa said you never kept track of or i never kept track of time Mm -hmm. like i'd be out there all day and let's be like when are you coming home and like oh geez it's three o'clock in the afternoon already like you know totally losing track of time because i'm just in that moment and I'm like, you know, maybe that's what we should be doing with this group. And then um, that journey took me down several different paths 
through, I don't know, the next six months or so, um, I'd met a four-year-old girl, Brooke, with cancer. Mm. And then there was another benefit in um, Isani, and I rallied some guys and said, we don't know the family, but let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually really good friends with her dad now, Justin. Um, little Kendall, she was dealing with cancer as well. <clears throat> Take your time, dude. It's all good. And that little girl, seeing what she went through and what she was going through, it made me realize, like, my problems were real small. Hmm. Like, I don't, you know, some people think that their problems are the biggest thing in the world. Like, I, I looked at my life and the stuff I was going through and and so stressed out. But then I seen her and, and, and the stuff, like her and Brooke. Brooke was the other four-year-old girl. Seeing what they were going through, um, so innocent and... You know, just trying to be kids, mm-hmm. but facing something that could potentially end their life. And they were still happy. Mm-hmm. And that changed my outlook on a lot of things. Um, my, my stress level went like it was at the top and it just, it fell completely off, like then I was just calm about everything that I was mm-hmm. going through because um, it was pretty insignificant compared to what they were going through. And uh, it opened my eyes to a lot of different things. And I just thought, you know what, I just got to stick it out with what I got going on. Um, even if it, even if I'm only making a, a little bit of money, not that big of a deal. We got a roof over our head. Mm-hmm. Um, we got food in our bellies. We got clothes on our back. Um, we got jobs. Um, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. And I, I developed a lot of relationships, um, like I said, with, with Kendall's dad, Justin, um, and just seeing what they were going through. Um, started following their Facebook pages and, and seeing their um, progress on their treatments and stuff like that. And even Brooke's mom, Erica, she's still on my Facebook, you know, and, um, you know, I kind of keep tabs on what they're, what they're going through. And, Mm -hmm. and, and so I, I, I stayed so focused on helping these kids one, um, cause some parents, you know, they can't afford stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, two, I don't want to see these kids out on the streets doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the group meant so much to me. And eventually I had an opportunity to apply at a different job. And I thought at this point, it'd been three years, a little over three years. I thought that at this point I was like, okay, someone else has got to take me. I, I got to step it up here. I got to find a different job. And I'd burnt up all my PTO going to orientation training, all this other stuff. And HR, HR at the company got my file and they pulled the job offer because mm. of my history. 
been too mm-hmm. soon. It only been three years. And I thought, really? Like, I've never missed a day of work. Mm-hmm. I've never been late. I've learned, I learned everything at Park Manufacturing, and I loved the people there. Like, they treated me so good. They actually, right before I quit, because I did eventually find another job, but right before I quit, they actually created a position at Park Manufacturing for me. Wow. In drafting engineering. I never had a degree or anything like that. And they got me an office. They taught me how to do AutoCAD, all this stuff. You know, I I never dreamed of doing any of this stuff. Wow. But they actually created a spot for me. And I was designing the boards that all these wire harnesses were put together. And, and I'd learned everything about that job. But I didn't have a degree, so I wasn't making very good money. Mm-hmm. I was still paid as a regular employee, getting your yearly bonus or yearly raise, whatever. Um but I needed something more. And I think at that point I was like at 12 something an hour after three years. And, but it just wasn't cutting it. Uh -uh. Um, you know, I needed, I had all these other things that I needed to take care of. Um, so I needed to make more money. And that crushed me when I spent all my PTO going to this orientation and stuff like that. And, um, just to get declined, it was, it was heartbreaking. Uh And it was probably three Three months later, um, a friend of mine, really good friend of mine, Jeremy, he's like, hey, why don't you come apply where I work? I said, well, what do you do? He goes, oh, I work in the trades, you know, doing utility services and stuff like that. And I said, okay, um, give me an app and I'll fill it out and uh, see where it goes. So I fill out the app, I sent in the app with him, I get a call. They say, hey, you know, and this is August, and he goes, hey, you know, we'll we'll do the interview, but we really don't have any job openings right now. But at least the interview's out of the way for next season because mm-hmm. it's seasonal work, you know, it's underground utility stuff. This is like 2014-ish? Yep. Okay. 2014, 2015. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 2015 because hmm. it was, yeah, three years I'd been at Park. So this is 2015. Okay, cool. Um, and I'd had three years of work history now. So I'm thinking, oh, man, something's, something's got to give. Um, so I went in for the interview, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to be flat-out honest, and I'm going to try and sell myself at this interview. And so I went in, um, you know, and at that time, they still asked you on the application, have you been convicted of a felony, yada, 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 mm-hmm. all that good stuff. And I'm just like, yes, I'll explain in person because mm-hmm. um, it's a lot. And I went to the interview, and I fucking crushed it. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> yes. They actually hired me right on the spot. Hmm. Um, no job openings, but they hired me right on the spot. And that was the best day of my life. Like, because I knew that I just doubled my wages. Because working in the wow. trades, trades, nice. act- trades actually pay really well. Um, even though I was only starting out as a laborer, I'm just like, I just doubled my income. And that's huge. Wow. Because now I can deal with these back taxes and all this other stuff that's in the back of my mind every day, just haunting me, you know, because it's a huge weight on your shoulders. And so I started work. Um, It was short. The season was short. We only worked till December. So August to December, it was really short. Um, And I didn't want to labor. I was 34 years old, um, almost 35. Mm -hmm. Um, I I didn't want to labor. Because, you know, my body was shot, mm-hmm. still is shot from the drug use and, and abuse to myself, mm-hmm. you know. 
and um, I didn't want to labor, so I just went in there and I kicked ass, so to speak. And right away at the end of the season, they asked me, you know, do you want to move up? And I'm like, fuck, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to, you know, because I'm hand digging with shovels. You got to remember, I was in a factory and now I'm switching to like this intense labor job where I'm digging with a hand shovel. And, you know, things have changed now. But back then when I started this labor job, like it was labor intense. Mm hmm. And I ended up only being the one laborer on the crew at 34 years old. So I'm doing the, usually there's two laborers. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing the work of two guys, you know, every day. And I was shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I want to move up, you know. Okay, we'll get a hold of you in February and, and we'll work on moving you up and, and doing a different position. I'm like, all right. And that winter was tough because unemployment was based off a of park. Oh wow. oh wow! So it was it was it was really tough. And yeah. even when I started that new job, we you know I was told, "Are you okay with travel?" And at this point, I was like, "Yeah, I don't care what I do." Mm-hmm. Well, it just so happened that when I started in August, it was the phone call was pack a bag. Hmm. So now I'm leaving Melissa and the kid at home, and I ended up in Mankato for the entire work season every week. Um, they covered the hotel and stuff, but I didn't have a great vehicle at the time. And I was having transmission problems on the vehicle, driving all the way to Mankato Monday morning and then driving home, you know. So it was just one of them things like, oh, man, just come on, vehicle, pull yeah, me through. One more day, yeah. one more drive. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and it was great that I could. I didn't have to drive back and forth. They paid for my hotel. Um, put a little stress on the relationship, but Melissa knew that I had to do this. Mm-hmm. And so I went through the training that winter um, and I still wanted to do more with these kids. And I'm trying to figure out like, what can we do with these kids? Well, now I got a better job and I'd become so disciplined on my finances that now I have all this extra money. Hmm. And so once I went back to work and I'd actually moved up, so I got a dollar 25 raise right away. And, and then I got a work truck and a gas card. So Now I don't worry about my vehicle. It can sit for all I care. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then a lot of people don't think about it, but, you know, that gas card and that vehicle, you know, that... That's a raise. Oh, that's a lot of money. That's a huge raise. That's a lot of money. You know, I'm not taking care of the tires, the oil changes, the gas, Mm -hmm. you know, like gas today, you know, just think about it. And so now I have all this extra money and I filed my taxes, filed all seven years of them. I was just waiting for the bill. IRS, really good. Um, you know, I owed them like $8,000. Um, all I had to do was make a phone call and set me up on a payment plan. Mm-hmm. Wow. The payment plan was set out where I'd pay it off. I don't know. I think the payment plan was like five years is when I'd actually pay it off. Of course, I had my, you know, I'd, I wanted that span, mm-hmm. but um, I knew I was going to pay extra and pay what I could to pay them off early, but having that five years was Gave nice some flexibility right and so at this point i got a lot of stuff going on so i heard this thing where uh write down your goals and you know on my fourth year in a, uh being out making progress so i started writing down all this stuff and the 10-year goal was buying a house and i knew i had a a ton of work to do mm-hmm 
I had a lot of back child support. Um, I think that was like 42000 hmm. that I wow. owed, owed him back child support um, from a lot of years of screwing off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a lot of work to do. I didn't have no credit. Um, but I just kept plugging away at it. And then I got so used to the physical work that I just started doing side jobs. Started making more money. Hmm. Oh, someone needs a fence done. You guys see me do my fence on my house. Yeah, <laughs> you're about a crazy like son of a bitch. Three hours. <laughs> right. So, so you got you two guys, acres. Two yeah. acres. Boom. Fence is done. Right. Yeah. So you guys know, you know, like that's why I know how to do that yeah. is because yeah. I started taking on all these side jobs and and you know Melissa thought I was nuts, you know, just because I was going to town. You know, I got this uh, physical ambition to where I just I was going to grind this out and. I was going to get this stuff paid off and I was going to hit that 10 year goal. And so, but I wanted to do more for these kids. So now I had all this extra money and Hmm. we started making this get together on ice annual. Let's get some more kids out. And the group kept growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And that stuff felt really good. And then I told Arnie too, I'm like, do we need to do this Christmas thing for families? We don't know. Like, let's find some strangers and do this. Like, let's let's do a post and reach out and see if there's any families that other people that we don't even know are in need and, and you know, could use uh, a helping hand up for Christmas or something. Um, and Melissa thought I was nuts again, you know. She's like, why are, why, are you, why are you spending all your money, all your extra money on people you don't know? And I'm like, you know what? We're okay. Mm-hmm. We're okay. I'm not rich. I'm still not rich. I don't. I don't care to be but rich. You're covered. Um, but our bills are paid, mm-hmm. and we have food in our stomachs. We have clothes on our back, and you know, my kids have more than I ever had. You know, um, I said we're okay, and I was like, and this makes me feel really good. And it also started establishing stuff with Ariana because hmm. she was the youngest, and then my second oldest, Jocelyn, she started seeing what I was doing too getting stuff for these kids and you know going out and shopping for these families and these uh families that had kids and and bringing home all these gifts and you know even ariana she's like is that for me i'm like no those are that's for people that aren't going to have a christmas Mm -hmm. unless we do something about it you know what i mean so uh, i was like planting that seed in ariana and jocelyn and stuff and now they're on board Mm -hmm. like yes you know awesome just the last two years, we haven't really been able to do much COVID and all that stuff, you know, but each year they've asked me, are we going to do the Christmas thing for the families? You know what I mean? And, and, you know, Jocelyn, she's 13, going to be almost 14 and Ariana's nine, going to be almost 10. Um, so that's established in them. Like they know that they have all that they need, all that they want. And they know that we do other things for people that don't get what Mm -hmm. we have. And, so I'm doing all this stuff. I got all this extra money. Um, not a ton of extra money. You keep seeing extra money and it stresses me out because y- your, your, your discipline, like your, your drive and your focus at this point in your life, I don't know if I've ever seen or heard of anything like it because you went from making $12 to $24 and you got a dollar raise. So you're probably around $24, $25 an hour right now. Yep. And you're calling this extra money when you're still paying child support. So 
instead of bringing home six fifty two every two weeks, you're probably bringing home twelve or thirteen hundred every two weeks. Right. Yep. And it wasn't extra money. I mean, bills paid. You know, two three hundred bucks extra money. You know, or wow. You know what I mean I for mean, the month. Th- but, but it's that, all perspective. That, that mind space. That 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 that, that mentality. That. That vision that you have is is incredible. Sorry, keep going. Well, it, it you know that filters back to it's just stuff and it's just money because um, we're okay. And uh, and I always said that to Melissa, like we're we're okay. Um, we don't need all this extra stuff because you can see what extra stuff does. The kid gets all these extra toys, and then these toys go over here and they don't get touched anymore. You know what I mean? And it kind of works the same with adults. You get all these fancy new toys over here mm-hmm. and you kind of forget about these ones over here. And I, and I still do it to this day. Like, you'd be surprised what my basement looks like when we moved into the new mm-hmm. house because I still have all this stuff laying around from giveaways or, you know, things that I went and bought for these outings and stuff like that. Um, you know, so I had a few extra bucks, extra money, whatever, and... Mm-hmm. We would kind of do stuff. We'd go to concerts or whatever, you know, just to kind of get away. You know, we would do a few extra things, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't get crazy with it. I was super, um, like, on point with my finances. Mm-hmm. Like, everything's wrote down. I always tell people that. Write down your goals. I don't care if it's a one-year goal, a two-year goal, because a lot of people think about a goal, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I want to do that. But then they forget about they forget. it. Forget. Mm-hmm. You write it down. And I, I tell people this too. I said, write it down and hang it on your fridge. Because how many times you go in your fridge? Mm-hmm. You're going to see that every time you open that fridge yep. door. Um, you know, oh yeah, my 10-year goal is to get a house. Mm-hmm. Or my five-year goal is to have all this debt paid off and start working on maybe getting a house or a new vehicle or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And so I'm super disciplined with my finances. And, um, and I, you know, I'm still not making a ton of money. But I'm super disciplined. So... I have some money. Yeah. And the Christmas giving thing, um, that turned into a huge deal because I didn't have, you know, like I said, extra money, a couple hundred bucks, whatever. But I figured out that I had a voice. Mm-hmm. And your voice is huge when you don't have money because I tell people that as well. I say, you don't have to be rich to do something for someone. You really don't. Mm-hmm. Yes. You don't. That's powerful. Um, you your voice can move mountains and and it does um social media can move mountains and it does and so i utilize that i utilize social media um the group accounts to get all these people on board and before you know it my house you can ask melissa man this is crazy like (laughs) my living room like we did that first big christmas giving for these families and we picked out three families and I put the post out and I would drive it home. Like I would just beat it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden my living room's filling up with gifts. And I mean, piles and piles of gifts, let alone the few things that me and the kids went and bought just to kind of get them in the, mm-hmm. in the groove of what was going on. Um, but my living room just started piling up with stuff. And then I'd have to call like eight people over to help me wrap all this stuff and, You'd have a wrapping party. Oh my God, it was crazy. And I, 
I want to see you wrap gifts. Oh, I'm so sloppy. Dude. Like, I, <laughs> like, I get so sick of it. The tape jobs get worse and worse. Like. <laughs> That's awesome. But I just, you know, you get it done. And, you know, the kids don't really care anyway. You know, no, they're no. not concerned about if you got them creases right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> We don't care. Let me have it. Right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so we did that Christmas giving, and then I'm like, we got to do this on ice event again for Get You Some Outdoors. And that's when we kind of went all out. Um, we tried and printed off some stickers and make a couple bucks off of some stickers with the Get You Some design or um, print out some hoodies, a couple hoodies or here and there, you know, and, and try to make a few bucks, you know, to try to help us have some kind of money to buy these, uh, fishing things for all these kids. Yeah. Cause we want this to get big and it turned out really good. We, we threw the, um, event out on rush Lake and I don't know, there was probably 40, 50 kids that mm. showed up and all That's these so adults. Cool. And I was like, wow, this was big. And mind you, we did all this for free. We cooked all the food out there for free. Awesome. Because um, we paid for it. You know, guys mm-hmm. helped donate mm-hmm. uh, money out of the group and stuff. And it turned out awesome. And I'm just like, man, this is so cool. Like, and this is where I'm losing track of time. Yeah. Finding that purpose. Yeah. And, you know, I felt really good about stuff. And other things in the background are taking place where child support's going down. Taxes are getting paid down. Um, I still didn't have any credit, um, and I wasn't sure how to go about that. So, so this is like 2016, 2017-ish? Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. And um, I did the current job that I was in. I did that for four more years, roughly, somewhere in there. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to progress and move up some more. So my goal was foreman. And I'd said that to some people when I first started there, like I'm going to come in here and I'm going to make waves and I'm going to move to the top and I'm going to be the best that I can be and learn everything about what we do. Cause I'd never done that line of work, you mm-hmm. know, in my life. And, um, you know, I wanted to get somewhere. And I wanted to make a career out of it because I felt like that was more of a career move than just another job. And I tell guys that, that come on to the company that I work for, Mm -hmm. this isn't just another job. Like this is a career move, like the benefits packages and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. Like this is a career move. So if you want to take this opportunity and put me down as like a reference or whatever, this is a career move. This is not just your yeah. nine to five. Like this is going to set you up for life with wow. pension and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? Because it's a career move mm-hmm. and it's a dying breed being in the trades. Like yes, it, it is. Yeah. And it pays good. So, um, all this stuff with the outdoor groups going great. Um, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. I'm still winning stuff off of Facebook. Um, <laughs> you the- guys, this is this is literally, there was a Facebook Live going on last night. And I don't know if it was Striker or something like that, but it was it was a, it was a fishing outfit, yep. wasn't it? Piss of fun, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's what it was. And all of a sudden, I get a William Huffman tag, and it's from Dustin. And I'm like, this some biscuit's getting me heat. I'm like, he, and then I'm reading it. Every tag is another entry. Every share is an entry. If you like it, and I look, yeah, buddy. there's like 137 comments, and 135 are him. <laughs> he is tagging everybody. Get on it. Get on it. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, so there was one year, and, and this is no bullshit. There was one year 
I won almost $30,000 worth of stuff on Facebook. Oh, my gosh. Um, new fish houses, portable fish houses, augers, yeah. fishing rods and reels, um, you name it, wild tickets, uh, Vikings tickets. I won all kinds of shit. And people are like, dude, what's with the golden horseshoe, man? <laughs> <laughs> but then, then they'd also question me because two weeks later, I'd be giving the new auger away to some kid. Or in, so or just cool. or just hanging on to it and and waiting until we had our on ice event mm-hmm. and um, I had all this stuff and I just bought a new flip over shack I never had one um, the fish house that I actually had was a fish house I went on Facebook and I took in really good care of it because I didn't have a lot of stuff for myself still like I wasn't mm-hmm. spending a ton of money on myself. Um, I tried to limit that. Mm-hmm. So my extra money I spent where it made me feel really good, where I could go buy that new fish flasher, but you know what? I could spend that same money on tip-ups and fishing rods and give them to these kids, mm-hmm. and that makes me feel way better. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. Um, and that was so true because uh, money can't buy what you feel in a situation like that. It really can't. Right. Um, there's no way to explain it. Um, now at this point with the Christmas stuff too, I went out and bought a Santa suit. I'm dressing up as Santa going into complete this year, uh, for the last two years. Yeah. I'll have to show you guys pictures yes. and videos of that. Um, you that's going to be the cover photo for this. <laughs> I, I would do little skits. So like the one time I actually got really, uh, uh, what do you call it? Really creative with it. Yeah. Um, I had made a video in my work truck. And I knew the girl's name that we were going to surprise. And um, I acted like somebody was sitting next to me. And, you know, I was kind of telling her, um, I know you don't know who I am. and um, But we're going to be uh, pulling in your driveway. You know, I was trying to time. This is like 4 a.m. in the morning I'm recording this. And I'm going to send it to her like right before we're pulling up. Yep. Okay. Um, I told her, you know, I know you don't know who I am, but uh, we're going to be pulling up in your driveway here in a couple minutes, and uh, we're going to bless you with a Christmas. And then I'd act like someone was next to me, and I'd be like, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm not going with? Santa Claus gets to go with. I don't get to go. You know what I mean? So I was doing this skit, like arguing with someone next to me and stuff. And uh, really, it was me dressed up as Santa pulling up to her house. And um, I did that a couple times, and it was super, super cool. Um, so yeah, I went on bought the Santa suit, uh, you know, just showing up to random strangers houses mm-hmm. and blessing them with the Christmas. And it was really, really cool. And so that stuff was going really good. And then, you know, that's in December and we're doing the on ice event in February. Hmm. And this is 2020. Yeah. 20. Well, this is, you know, throughout like 20, 2018, okay. 2018 through 2020. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, before COVID got crazy and yeah. I was like, all right, we better back off a little bit. But um, so we do in the ice event in February. And at this point, we didn't have a lot of funds from like any stickers or anything like that because time had been so crazy, like, you know, no time for mm-hmm. printing stickers, cutting stickers, stuff like that. So there wasn't a lot of money generated, you know, to, to help us out. And it never was really a lot, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks or something. But um, so everything at this point is coming out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my other admin, Brian, Arnie, Cody, Tommy, you know, like, and then a few donations from people on the outside, you know, so everything is, is coming out of our pockets. And I'd went out and I'm like, you know what? I was like, Hey Arnie, why don't you go buy some tip ups? I'm going to go to the fleet farms. I see their stuff's on clearance. Cause the end of the year there, that's why I like doing it in February because at that point, they're trying to get rid of things. Everything's going on clearance. Yeah. So I can go out, and I'll even hustle them in the stores, too. I'll be like, hey, look. <laughs> you know, because I'm not as scared. Of, you know, what, right. Like I said, what are they going to say? Wait, no. no. <laughs> um, I'll go in there and be like, hey, look, I'll take every single one of them tip-ups. What kind of discount will you give me? And I'll clear their whole mm-hmm. fucking rack um, or all their rods and reels. And so I went out, you know, and just loaded up. I had Arnie go get tip-ups, and I had guys coming that were going to smoke some pork and all this stuff. And this actually ended up being our biggest event was right before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So COVID came, what, 20... 2020 March. 2020 March. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it? literally, it was like two years ago yeah, yesterday. So, yeah, so yeah. you were... Yeah, it okay. was. Yeah, yeah. so it's, yep. it's February 2020 here. Yep, so it's 2019 season, 2020, yeah. February. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually ended up being our hugest event and I went all out. Like I went out and I bought five portable fish houses. I went out and bought, I don't know, 50 rods and reels, hundred tip ups. I mean, we had everything. I had big boxes full of tackle and all kinds of stuff. And, um, I had people coming in that were going to smoke pulled pork and all this other stuff. Cause we did all this for free. And then I, um, buddy Dan, he got a bunch of burgers donated and, Hopefully nobody shoots me if I forget someone. But so we had a lot of help and there ended up being almost 150 kids out there. Oh, my gosh. And I was getting them all hyped up. I'll, I'll have to show you guys all this stuff. But um, I got really crazy with it because I was so excited to see that many people out there. And, um, you know, just getting them hyped up, you know, yelling and screaming, you know, and I got videos of this too. People were actually recording me. I didn't know that, but, uh, <laughs> just, you know, all them kids lined up on the ice cause we give them all this stuff for free. We want to keep them outdoors. Yeah. And so getting them well, it's all like hi- think, I don't mean to jump in here, but I just keep thinking about like, what are their ages? Every age. Um, we had 16 year old kids out there. We had, um, Kids that didn't even know what what a fishing rod was yet. Um, wow! Because, I just keep thinking about like you as a kid, right? Like, what if you had had that opportunity? Oh my God! Like, like it's life changing at that. Well, see, and this, you know, this kind of circles back to you know, like I said, we'd always been going up to Isle and stuff, um, you know, and I lost track of fishing um, mm-hmm. during using drugs. You know, there was only a couple times in there. You know, I used I was using drugs from sixteen to thirty one. Mm-hmm. It's a long time. And there was only a few times in there where I went fishing. Hmm. You know, I kind of lost track of that. And it's funny that everything circles me back to fishing mm-hmm. um, because uh, that's that's my space. Like, that's where, you know, I don't drink. I don't drink alcohol. I, I haven't touched anything in over 10 years. Wow. And so that's my space. That's my de-stress i know some people get off of work and they have a glass of wine or um you know maybe some people smoke pot that's their thing whatever um but that's that's what i found that really helped me uh stay where i'm at mm-hmm. um i can decompress de-stress um forget about everything else in the world 
Um, I did a lot of that this winter. Cause I find every, every photo you sent me is of you smiling and show me a fish bigger than the one I've ever caught. <laughs> <laughs> but that helped me because, you know, it'd been such a grind, you know, so up to 2019, it'd been, it'd been really a, a grind because, you know, like I said, I was working side jobs on the weekends. Um, I volunteered for winter work at mm-hmm. my current job. Um, and that, you know, sometimes can be 70 hours a week um, in the wintertime. And, uh, wow. you know, Thanksgiving week, you get your week off for Thanksgiving. Um, there was one, one Thanksgiving week in there where it had snowed. Hmm. Well, what did I do? I called the snowplow company down in the cities and I went, even on my week vacation, I went down to the cities and I plowed snow that whole week. I mean, like 13, 14 hours mm-hmm. a, a night plowing snow just to get that extra money. And because it helped me do what I was doing, um, mm-hmm. whether it was for the kids or paying extra wow. bills and stuff like this. And um, so I was wore out mm-hmm. and um, never taking a winter off, even though I could. Um, just, you know, grinding it out to hit these goals. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point in there, um, I'll just backtrack just a little bit. Three years ago, I had to figure out how to establish some credit. And, you know, in order to hit that 10-year goal. And I didn't know how to do that. I'd reached out and I thought, you know, this is going to be a lost cause. Um, I'd sold my current vehicles. I needed a new truck. And even with, um, you know, I had almost six, six or 7000 down mm-hmm. cash. Because, um, again, I was doing side work, ice dams, making really yep. good money doing that on the side when I had time off. Um, so that helped me get the down payment for my truck. Um, but nobody wanted to give me a loan. And that was like a brick wall. It was crazy. Um, Because like, you had no credit. I had zero credit. Not bad credit, no credit. I had one small, well, I had the child support judgment on there. Okay, so there's okay. There's a judgment, and then other than that, nothing. Nothing, zero. Credit score is zero. Hmm. And, wow. And I was, I was completely shocked because I had this money, and I had my current pickup truck, which wasn't that great, but it was a great truck. It treated me well. Um, I paid 1800 bucks for it, maybe. Um, I had that truck, and I had this money for a down payment, and I went to the dealership, and I said, well, I got this truck. I don't know what it's worth. And they ended up telling me it's worth about 700 bucks. I said, cool, take it. Um, and then I had the money down, and the truck that I have now, you know, it was $16,999. So I had... A really good chunk of asset yeah. towards yeah. this truck like almost half almost yeah. half okay almost half and they still turned me down and i'm like really like dude i got a job that i've never missed like i have a huge work history backing me up and what i make and um i'm like you guys really ain't gonna give me a you know you're not gonna help me out mm. and so i didn't know what to do um so I'm just screwing around at home one day. This is funny story. <laughs> screwing around at home, trying to figure out how to build credit. Did you enter a contest? No. <laughs> I actually went online, filled out an application at Malacca Unclaimed Freight for a nice castle fish house. That's right. They approved me with zero down <laughs> for a $25,000 fish house. 
with no credit. And I'm thinking to myself, like, is this for real? Like, you're going to give me a $25,000 fish house. You don't have a truck to pull it right now, but. I don't. Oh, <laughs> if I would have pulled it with that truck, it'd have been game over. I'm telling you, like, this thing was rusted out. It, it was on its wit's end. Oh, my God. You need the ice house people to call the truck people. <laughs> right, yeah. right, like, I need right. A truck. Yeah, yeah. right. So I'm like, really? So now I got an ice castle on the way. I'm like, cool. You know, sweet. Didn't expect that. You know, like mm-hmm. right on. Now I got a, I got like the boss fish house. You know, I'm like sweet, but I don't got nothing to pull it with. And um, so in the meantime, I'd taken out a secured credit card, 450 yep. bucks, mm-hmm. something like that. And just to establish, start establishing some kind of credit. And I really needed a truck. So I went back to that dealership and... I said, look, I really want that truck. I said, I'm going to see what I can figure out today, yada, yada, yada. And in my mind, I was like, today's the day. I'm going to go home with that truck. Like, mm-hmm. something's going to happen today. Yep. So I started researching other companies and stuff like that. And I found an old school financing company. Um, I knew it was going to be high interest. Um, they don't report to credit agencies. It's the old card where they write down your payment when you send it in. They send you the card back. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Um, I found one of them, and basically they ran my credit, and they're like, yeah, you don't have no credit. And I'm like, I know. And I said, but I got a good job. They asked me what I could afford, and I was like 380 a month. You know, let's not stretch this out. And... So they cut me a check, and I went back to the dealership, and I handed them the check, and I counted all all the cash, and I handed them the keys to my truck, and I left with the truck, and I felt really good. But now I had a truck payment and all this other stuff, and but I was establishing credit. I had yep. I had the ice castle coming, and that's what I said in the back of my mind. I knew the truck wasn't going to do anything for my credit, um, so that was pretty much a wash. But I did have a new truck, which was ideal because I'd never had a new vehicle ever. You know, every vehicle I had was a thousand bucks or twelve hundred bucks or you know what I mean, whatever I could get at the time. And so I had a nice truck and that felt really good Mm -hmm. um to see that truck in the driveway. Even though I was driving a company vehicle, um, it felt really good to know that I had that secure vehicle in the driveway and that was gonna be mine. Mm -hmm. Um so then I get the ice castle and I start making payments on the ice castle, I go pick it up. Well I'm working so much that I'm not even using the ice castle. Um, and that went on for two years, hmm. but for two years I was making payments and for two years I was using that $450 credit card, not trying to go over 30%, just make, you know, go yep. get some gas paid off, go, you know, a couple groceries paid off. And cause that's what people told me to do. Yep. And you know, by this time, you know, now we're nine years in to this journey and I'd been paying back child support for nine years filed all those taxes, all them refunds, even though I owed, um, I gotten all that paid off because I, I, I knocked out these things one at a time. I focused on one thing and I paid them ahead early. You know what I mean? So I paid off the taxes way early than the payment plan said. Um, and then I had all this child support coming out of my work checks every week. You know, they were taking the arrears plus the current, you know what I mean? So, um, then the tax returns started going to the arrears. So I knew these numbers were dropping mm-hmm. um, in the back of my mind. I knew all these numbers were dropping. And I knew if anything was going to hold me up, it was going to be child support on hitting that 10-year mm-hmm. goal of getting a house. And nine years came along. 
and well, actually, it was the eighth year. The eighth year, I actually contacted Matt because he worked with me, mm-hmm. and I said, "Hey, man, you know, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm looking at buying a house, yada yada yada." I started the paperwork rolling, and um, had the lending company pull my credit. Yeah, you got some credit, but you do have this judgment, yada yada yada. Let's see, you know, what we can do. Then they asked me, of course, they want to know about the truck. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're gonna see this. Like, you know, Tracy, great lender, you know, he's like, we see the 380 a month coming out of your bank account. Where's that going? Where is it going? Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) So what in the world? So even though it didn't help my credit none, you know, I still got to bring it up in this whole home loan process (laughs) deal. And uh, I'm like, yeah, it's for a truck. It's not going to do nothing for my credit, whatever. And um, I did other little tiny loans throughout, you know, a firm credit just something to get on my credit history, build that file a little mm-hmm. thicker. And, and, um, so I got a hold of Matt and I said, yeah, you know, we're going to start looking. Um, this is the only the eighth year, you know, I got two years in the back of my mind to hit this 10 year goal. And so we were just kind of looking, you know, here and there wasn't really gung ho about it. Cause I felt like I wasn't quite ready yet to just mm-hmm. go all in. Um, I wanted a little more money on the loan end. And I was going to be moving up at my company again. And so at this point, I took that job offer. Well, that created more income, which helped debt to income ratio, all that stuff. This is all stuff I learned last year and the year before. But Because um, spoiler alert, you bought that house. Yeah, brand new house. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Yeah, so um, we... Uh, we started kind of looking at houses and at this point we'd move, you know, we'd moved out of the apartment into a house that the same landlord, uh, owned. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, I missed that part, you know, just cause there was stuff going on at the apartments that I knew, you know, being an addict, I know signs. You knew what was going on. I knew what was going mm-hmm. on and it got to the point where I was banging on people's doors and it wasn't going to end well mm-hmm. because my kids were there. And, um, so yeah, we actually ended up in a house that the landlord owned because he'd bought another one. So now we're out on 40 acres, which was great. Oh, wow. And, you know, cause that's, that's my jam, you know, like out in the country, leave me alone. I love it out here. Um, you can do what you want, ride go-karts, all that good stuff, you know, and the kids love that. So, um, so we're in this house, we're renting it. It's not the greatest house, um. It needs a lot of work. We're heating the outdoors. I'd kind of told you guys literally, about it. Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> literally heating the outdoors. Um, you know, so yeah, I wanted to get on this house thing and I'd been working on the credit and stuff. And so, you know, I brought it up to Matt and I'm like, yeah, you know, we're going to start looking. And so we kind of just started picking away at, you know, houses. Um, the market was starting to change and starting to get really crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this was 2020. 2021. Mm, no. 2020, it, it, it started... Because I met you, it was, oh, it was a yeah. rainy day yeah. at that one funky house out in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Yep, and that was 2020. Yep. Um, so the market started to kind of pick up, and we were seeing things change, but then I also seen that the interest rates were changing, and I'm not trying to get all, like, house knowledgeable, but I seen that this stuff was changing, and people would give me information on that kind of stuff, you mm-hmm. know? Um, if I can get a lower interest rate, that's like free money. 
and I'm like, I'm all about free money. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so, you know, I started kind of looking at a few houses. I wasn't gung-ho because I didn't feel like uh, all the cards were lining up yet. Mm-hmm. It was early 2020. It was January. And that's when I'd contacted Matt. And um, I was at work February of 2020, February 19th, normal day. And I'd gotten a call at about 3 o'clock. Usually I'm running my routes and stuff. And I w- if I was up north by Princeton... Um, usually I would swing into my mom's and say hi. And I was like, ah, you know, I ain't going to stop today. You know, I got a really busy day. Um, the rest of the crew's gone, you know, like I, I got a lot to do. And so I was like, ah, I'll see her at Perch Extravaganza because we had plans to go to Mille Lacs Lake for Perch Extravaganza. And um, it was about 3 o'clock or so. Um, my stepdad was calling me. I couldn't answer because I was actually driving at the moment. And... So I called back, and my stepdad was freaking out, um, said he came home. He found my mom on the floor, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't really comprehend what he was saying. Um, he said the ambulance was there trying to revive her. And I remember just, I, I don't know, it's like everything went into slow motion. Mm-hmm. I was in a work truck. I'm in Otsego. Um, I got a big trailer on full of heaters. I have no boss to call because they're all in meetings um, to get ready for the new season. And I'm just, uh, I didn't know what to do. Um, so I dropped what I was doing. I flew back to the yard. I dumped the trailer because I, I didn't want to drive with the trailer on. Um, and I just flew to Princeton. And I was trying to call my boss. No answer, because he was in meetings, of course. Um, So I left him a voicemail, a really frantic, freaking out voicemail. And I got to my stepdad's, and I remember seeing all the squad cars. And in my mind, I knew uh, she was already gone. Hmm. And I don't, I I didn't want to go up to the house, but I, I did. And I got to the door and my stepdad opened the door and I seen her on the floor and I pretty much just collapsed right there. Um, she was like my, she turned out to be like my number one supporter, hmm. even though she was still dealing with things in her life that maybe didn't line up with what I mm-hmm. thought should be happening after all, uh, circumstances of childhood and everything else you know she knew I didn't agree with the drinking and stuff like that because I knew she wasn't taking care of herself or eating right or you know what I mean um so that was tough and I went out back to my work truck and I just sat on the street in my work truck for I don't know probably four five hours Hmm. just sat in the truck I, I didn't I was numb I didn't understand what just happened, you know, because she was really aware of all the things that I was doing. Um, I have pictures with with her at Vikings games, at benefits that I've put on. Um, she was really proud. Mm-hmm. And 
there's still a couple things in life that I wanted sorted out before anything like this happened. Um, my oldest daughter was back in my life at this point, but my son hadn't been yet. Um, you know, cause like I said earlier, I'd lost all the rights to my son. And, um, so she had known my oldest daughter, met my oldest daughter, my oldest daughter start, you know, we're working on that relationship, me and my oldest daughter. And, you know, she's finally back in my life, but my son still isn't. And the, the one big goal was for my son to meet my mom and at least establish that that's grandma, you know, and, and, and those are things that I still had to face, you know, like, why wasn't I there? And, and, you know, why didn't you care? Like, I've had to answer all those questions now. Um, and that was tough. Um, so she passed away in February of 2020. And that was like, that was really tough to deal with. Um, it was, it's still tough on my stepdad. Um, we don't know why she died. Um, they don't really recommend an autopsy on someone that's a smoker and a drinker and 60 some years old, you know? Um, so that was tough. Um, cause I hadn't quite accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish. So that's been hard for me to swallow. And I knew that I was in search of finding a house and stuff like that. And it kind of, that kind of put me in pause mode. And so 20, you know, 2020 was, it was like I was just kind of walking around aimlessly for quite a while. Um, cause she died in February, but it was winter. So we still had to go back and revisit that whole deal in May when the ground thawed and, you know, basically relive everything that just happened a few months ago. Um, and you never can really like start moving forward until you deal with that. And so that was pretty tough. And so I was kind of off track uh, in my own little world, trying to figure out how to deal with losing my mom. And, you know, because there'd be many nights I'd be thinking about it, like I'm going to lose my mom to alcohol. Because um, I know what this stuff does to people. Um not saying alcohol does it to everyone, but I see what alcoholism does to people. Um, it ruins people's lives, just like drugs do. Um, it, yeah. it will take you on a ride. Yeah. And, you know, so it's kind of weird that when it happened, I was like, man, I just, for some reason, I felt like this was going to happen. And, but I was just a, a, a like a lost cause for a few months. Like I was walking around pretty aimlessly, not really, you know, Matt's asking me or, you know, what are you thinking about a house and stuff like that? And I just, I didn't really have any answers for anybody. You know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I got sidetracked. Um, and there was not really, you know, when you lose someone close like that, you know, you always, hey, you need anything, let me know. But, man, let's be honest, there ain't, there ain't nothing nobody can do for you. There really isn't. No. Um, no. You appreciate those people. Um, you appreciate their offer of help. And, um, you know, but there's, there's nothing no one can really say or do to make something like that any better. Like, 
that's going to be a self journey and something that you're going to figure out on your own. And, um, I was trying to do that all still while trying to, uh, figure out life and where I was going and, and getting those goals. So things were on pause for a few months, end of 2020. Um, things got a little bit better. Um, and I started focusing back on the house thing. Um, I decided to work that winter again because I felt like I needed to grind just one more winter. And I'd started the new position, so I moved up again, um, switched into another union, and I started doing plumbing and pipe fitting. And that was a huge jump. That kind of took things to a whole different level as far as um, income and and um, just where I could go with that. Stability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, then our landlord died. Mm. And it was just crazy to me because I had all these other things going on too. Um, you know, when my mom's funeral was, uh, my aunt showed up. She said her brain cancer was back. So that was in the back of my mind. Um, our landlord died. His kid took over. Um, then my uncle died, which was my mom's brother. He died. And then my aunt that came to the funeral with brain cancer, she died. And then my dad's wife found out she had cancer and she was gone in three weeks. Oh my word. Um, wow. So it was just bang, 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 bang. End of 2020. Hmm. Holy. And, and people say 2020 sucked. Let me tell you what, it didn't even have nothing to do with COVID. Like, yeah. It, like the death was just, ra- and it was all. I don't, we don't know what happened to my mom, but all the rest of them were all cancer stuff. Now, my aunt had already beaten cancer, but it came back in her brain and there was pretty much nothing they could do. They gave her till Christmas. Hmm. Um, With my uncle, he had already beaten throat cancer and he wasn't feeling that great. He went in and I think it was a matter of three weeks Hmm. before, from the time he found out till the time he went. Um, So... It was like bang, bang, bang. There was all this stuff going on. And I'm just like, man, why are so many people passing away and stuff like that? And um, one of Melissa's really good friends had passed away at the same time in a motorcycle accident. So we're dealing with all this stuff, all this death, like Mm -hmm. all this death. And uh, it was crazy, but I'm still trying to stay focused. Um, You know, my mom one hit me the hardest. That's when people really worried about me. if there was ever a trigger, it's going to trigger you. If there was ever a trigger in my life, that would have been it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you know my mindset on being clean and sober, you know, it was different than all the other times because I'd hit rock bottom this time, mm-hmm. and I didn't deal. It, it's so weird to explain. Like I didn't deal with any withdrawals throughout the last nine, ten years. Like mm-hmm. I, like I just knew I was done. It's not like that for everybody, but. There was no withdrawals. Um, I was perfectly okay with talking with people from my past after a couple years um, that were still actively using and and were still trying their best to get away from it, Mm -hmm. Um, trying to coach them. However, I set up boundaries and you know what I mean? I always kept my walls up. I didn't like invite them over to my house because I knew they were actively, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But I always tried to be some kind of coach to them to help them out. And so, yeah, if there was ever a trigger people thought it would be my mom Hmm. and 
I never thought about it. Like not once did I ever think about going back to using because my mom passed away. I'm like, you know, cause in the back of my mind, like what would, how would this honor her? Mm-hmm. She sees me doing all this good before she passes away. Like why would, why would I do something like mm-hmm. that? Um, so I had absolutely no desire. I know a lot of people were concerned, um, you know, cause a lot of my friends that I have now, you know, they were always in the background before, but they didn't want to mess with me because I was using drugs. Mm-hmm. And they're some of my best friends now, um, hands down. Like, mm-hmm. And they tell people that all the time. If Dustin was doing anything, I wouldn't even be hanging out with them. But they're like my right-hand people now. Yeah. Um, so that was a concern. Um, our landlord died, and that kind of kicked the house thing into high, high drive um, because the kid took over. And... He'd had never had anything to do with rental properties. Hmm. So in February of 2021, February 8th, I think this just popped up actually on my Facebook because I got this letter, just a random letter on a piece of white paper in the mailbox. No envelope, nothing, just a piece of white paper sitting there. And I opened it hmm. and it was from the landlord's son. And he said that, I'm coming out with some estimators, realtor, whatever, and honestly thinking about selling the property. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm not, like, what are we going to do now? Because now you have a timeline. Oh, my God. Well, we we have a timeline, but what is it? Yeah. That was the huge, like, you guys knew that. Yeah. Um, that was the hugest stress out of all that, aside from dealing with a crazy market. Like, cause I didn't, I didn't have a timeline from the landlord's kid. And you know, is it going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be 30 days? What's my rights? What do we, you know what I mean? What, uh, what's going on here? And so in February, you know, that's when I called Matt. I'm like, all right, dude, it's game on. I hope you're ready for this because I'm about to drag you through hell. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, even even now, you know, I was just talking to him the other night. He's like, dude, he's like, pretty sure I didn't make any money. I don't really care that I didn't. He goes, but that was the most, uh, how do you explain it? The most... Uh, lo- he was emotionally invested. Oh, my in God. He was, yeah, he was... Uh, I, I literally drug him through hell mm-hmm. um, in this market. Um, three houses a night, two houses a night, getting you guys out there to oh, show yeah. me houses. I think he had a couple other people uh, from here show me houses oh, yeah. um, just to fill in because it was like every night because I didn't know, I didn't have a time frame. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, we got to find a house in a market where everybody's offering like $100,000 over market price. And <laughs> Not far off. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, because yeah. like, I'd seen a couple go, you know, and I'm like, man, what are we going to do? And at that point, you know, I was still on a low end loan. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't have what I actually ended up getting. You know, I, I, I think I was approved for like 240000 or something. Um, in this market, that was really, really tough. Um, so I'm like, what can I do? Like, I'm trying to get these, you know, and you know, I Mm -hmm. put in a few, I thought really good offers, um, on several different houses and 
I think the one we were closest to was the Zimmer one when you showed me the 2018 build. I think we were in second place, if you want to call yep, it I that. I remember that one, yep. Um, you know, and that was like, that was almost a new house, and that was really great, and it would have been great. But, you know, I kept telling myself, like, if it ain't meant to happen, it ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need something to happen, like, <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise, we're going to be living in the ice castle. Yeah. <laughs> that, those were conversations that were had. Yeah, those, yeah. you know, because me, for me, from what I went through to rent before having the criminal history that I had, um, dude, I didn't even want to deal with trying to find a rental. Because it took me two, almost two and a half yeah. years to get the first rental yeah. that we got into. And I'm like, I just do not want to deal with that. Um, so I'm like, what can we do? You know, um, so then I started, you, we went USDA and I think we started checking out the counties and the maxes in the counties. Yep. And um, what did I have? I had three scheduled that day with you. Mm-hmm. And I just so happened to look on Facebook that morning. And Good I was old Facebook. And I and I was making a, a shit post is what I call it because I was so frustrated with the market and I'd posted that morning. I said, on today's game show of going out to find a house but not fucking finding one and <laughs> I'm your host, Dustin Underwood. And, oh and my uh my brother got on there and he's like, Today's the day, man, and I'm like, just shut up. <laughs> pretty much shut him down right away and but i was scrolling because i had a few minutes before i was supposed to meet you in zimmerman or princeton wherever princeton. it was princeton and i was scrolling and i seen this gorgeous house because i'd been following some builders and stuff like that and i seen this beautiful house and i'd asked him you know i'm like how much for that one and i think he said 360 and i'm like oh god I'm like yeah way way out of my range um but then he said, I got another one north of here um, for cheaper. And I'm like, okay. So then I messaged Sarah and I'm like, hey, you know, this guy's got a house. Uh, it's in construction. Um, you know, I want to check it out. I want to check the model out and then we'll drive up and check this one that's in build. We'll go check it out. And kind of pushed off. I think we went and looked at the one. Yep. One that I had scheduled that morning. We went and looked at it. It was a gorgeous house. Nice big piece of property. Five acres, I think Mm -hmm. it was. Um, But then we kind of pushed the other ones off because I was so drawn to this builder and and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I got to go check this out. And we walked into that house that was 360. And I was like, oh, my God, this place is beautiful. And I'm thinking, man. And the builder told me, he said, the one north of here is the same layout. It's just a little bit smaller square footage. It's a two bedroom upstairs instead of a three and you still got the basement. I'm thinking in my head like we need three bedrooms. Um that's just what we need. We need mm-hmm. we need like three it's bedrooms. It's not a want. It, it's it, a need. It's a need. Yep. And I'm not worried about the rest of the basement. Like I got the skills to pay the bills, man. I'll get the basement done. Yeah. You know. Um so we went and looked at it. And of course it's in construction, you know, so me being a house builder, you know, I already knew like what I was going to see and stuff like that. Um, Melissa, on the other hand, I didn't know what she was going to think when, you know, if she was going to come look at it. Um, so we went and checked it out and checked out the lot and, and I'm like, yeah, this, this is the one. And, um, I knew there was other stipulations that came with it. Um, I knew that we were going to be responsible for all the closing costs and stuff like that on a new construction build, which was 
something that I was trying to always work into the agreement when I made an offer because I didn't have a ton of money. I didn't want to walk into a house, house broke. Right. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I didn't know if I could get my loan that high. That was the other thing. And, um, but man, I was just like, this is it. Like, this has got to be it. And, and, you know, and I remember asking, um, Joss, I said, I don't got to battle anyone for this. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, I'm like, sign me up yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know i was like we're yeah, here yeah we're here like uh this is it you know i want to show melissa and uh make sure she approves yeah. you know but um yeah i think this is it and you know this is nine years so we're ahead we're a year ahead of my goal and you know the whole ebgbs is this really gonna happen and oh my god it was so real like i was so nervous and like, is anything going to fall through? Is the lender going to call me and tell me this or like tell me psych. that, you know? Yeah. Nope. And, you know, at this point I'd had my truck for two years and that payment, you know, is like 380 a month. Fuck it. Just go pay it off. So I did that and that actually freed up my debt to income more than enough Yep. to where... I got approved for the whole loan and um, it was only a two bedroom. So we had talked to Joss or whatever about adding the third bedroom downstairs, what that would cost. And it ended up landing us right in like the max allowed amount for the county and, and uh, you know, everything kind of came together. And uh, that was one of the greatest moments. Um, that was definitely the greatest achievement above all things else, you know, cause I never expected a new house. I know, you know, I figured I was going to end up in somebody's 30, 40 year old home. Um, maybe run into some issues that didn't get caught within an inspection or nothing. Cause I'm a new home buyer. You know, I don't know everything about this stuff. Um, but that was my greatest moment. And I called my stepdad and I said, we found a house and I remember bringing them out there and showing them the inside and stuff, you know, under construction and whatnot. And we were standing at the, the top of the steps. And I said, I wish mom could see this. Hmm. And then I said, who would have ever thought I went from crackhead to killing it? Like, I'm just killing it. And, and that's not like to toot my own horn, but like... You toot the hell out of that horn, dude. <laughs> I was like, that's his book title. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Crackhead to kill it. Oh, yeah. my gosh. You know, that is one of the greatest things. And, and Will was there when we did Final Walkthrough. And I don't know if you remember this. Um, Will took a picture of me. And I said, I need an extra picture. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. Um, yep. So I, I had Will take, awesome. I, I needed that picture because that was a defining moment of the last 10 years. Well, nine years. Cause you know, I actually completed this goal before the 10 year mark, you know, uh, 12, six, 11 was actually, that's the day my life really changed. That's the day I got arrested and everything. Um, but that's the day that my sobriety started. Um, so you know, I was before the 10 year mark. That's my 10 year mark. You know, 12, 6, 21 would have been my 10 year mark. Um, so I actually beat that goal. Yeah, you did. And gosh, by like seven months. Yeah. Yeah. Actually early. And that felt really good. But 
that comes from writing everything down and, yeah. and, and focusing, even if you got 9 million things going on and you got these debts to pay off or whatever, you know, I, I focused on one thing at a time, um, all while still enjoying my life. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not rich. Um, hell, I'm $325,000 in debt now, <laughs> uh, but you know, um, I did those things. I wrote them down and, and I stuck to my guns. Um, if I needed to put in the extra work, I put in the extra work. Um, was I tired? Hell yes. Um, even moving into the house, um, doing the yard. Yeah. The fence. Like I, I, I built two and a half acres worth of yard myself. Yeah, you did. Um, my buddy helped me in the, felt in the like back. In a weekend. It was a lot, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, built 600, uh, feet of fence put up the fence for the dog, you know, out there pounding holes and driving stakes and stretching fence till nine o'clock at night. And, you know, so this winter, even though I knew, you know, was spending the money on the closing costs and paying the truck off, you know, I knew that, uh, I was really tight on cash. Um, but I also knew I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. Um, I was wore out, uh, really wore out. And I knew that I needed a break. And so this winter, I decided to take this winter off. And let me tell you what, I needed that. Um, yeah. Even though I was kind of financially worried, you know, but I, I felt like I was going to make it through. I did all the math, you know, beforehand, before I even said, nope, I'm taking this winter off and figured out that, you know, hey, my unemployment will actually leave me $24 in the bank after mm-hmm. bills. Um, <laughs> it's I, tight. It, we laugh now, but I mean, laugh in jest because... $24 nine years ago was the difference between having that food in your belly and not. Yep. And absolutely. That's so incredible. Keep going. Yeah. So, you know, and that was, that was the stress, you know, cause I did the math and I knew how many, you know, I even went ahead in the calendar, you know, I might be laid off till April. You know, I did all the math. I broke mm-hmm. it down, you know, how many actual unemployment checks I'm going to have this layoff and and what the bills equate to every month and what I'm going to bring in each month. And it was literally 24 bucks out of mm. each month that I was going to have extra. So then I got to go back and say, okay, well, what do I got in my savings account? Can I limit fishing trips? Can I limit all this stuff and still just take a break? And I said, yeah, you know what? All else fails. I'll go plow some snow or something. You know, right. I'll do what I need to do. Right. I think I'll be all right. And I'm glad I did. Mm. Um, because now... Now, um, I'm actually moving up to a foreman. Yes. And that's, uh, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what, it, I know. Cause this would be your first season right now as a foreman. Right now. Um, Holy shit. starting next month. Hmm. Um, and I'm glad I took that break. Um, when I decided to take layoff, I hadn't known of this. Um, it was actually my last week of work um i was unloading my truck and putting it away for the season um i signed out all my stuff that thursday they actually called me that night and said hey you want to come in and talk to us tomorrow morning and so i found out after i already pulled the trigger you know like oh i'm gonna be a foreman now Hmm. and you know that's it was kind of a goal um, it was a goal, but it was, you know, I knew it was going to take a lot of work to get there. Um, I took different routes than a lot of people take. 
um, I did the labor and stuff. I did the in the ground stuff and actually working on live gas and stuff like that. Um, but I decided to take on the housework side of things because I felt like that would be that would be really beneficial to be in a foreman in the line of work that I do. Um, because now I know the stuff in the inside of the house and I feel like that's going to help things on the outside of the house run smoother if I know that stuff and I don't got to be pulling a plumber away to say, hey, come look this, you know, do we know where this is going on the outside of the house, a gas meter or whatever. Um, I felt like that was one more beneficial thing that I could have in my back pocket and that knowledge because I think that'll make me a better foreman in the long run. Um, so, yeah, you know, like this this whole week, um, I got some fishing in, but I had to limit it. Um, <laughs> but I did really, really good every time I went. Yeah, you did, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Sending uh, me all the photos of those Walters and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, man. Yeah, and, you know, and I... And a lot of that, you know, Melissa got out there a couple times with me or maybe only once, but, um, you know, just me and the dog out there by myself, uh, just hanging out and having some me time to try and recollect what's happened over the last 10 years, you know, Um, because it has been 10 years now. Um, We're going on the 11th year and, uh, you know, just take it all in, decompress and get ready for this new adventure that, uh, you know, I don't know where it's going to go. I have a backup plan um, and I keep that just kind of off to the side that, you know, if it doesn't work for me or it doesn't work for my management, you know, um, we have a backup plan Mm -hmm. um, because I can always go back to what I was doing. But I know it's, you know, that's why the break was great, because I know that with being a foreman, now you're in charge of a crew, um, it's going to have its added stresses, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, I get it. And, you know, basically it's running a, you know, I guess my soup said it best. Basically, it's like running a small business within a big business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, So it's going to have its added stresses. And like just this week alone, you know, um, with the meetings and stuff I've been in, um, I'm getting a taste of that. Mm -hmm. And but this is what I want. So, you know, I'm all in. Um, Yeah. That is awesome. I I know we have some questions here. So we want to take the next 10, 15 minutes or so and uh, just like we, we've when we were on our phones, we were messaging each other questions we want to ask mm-hmm. um, and a little bit of work. But we're messaging here and, um, you know, we're we're just going to we're just going to fire away. Um, first, I want to ask, um, how can people uh, you're, you're, you're going to do the ice fishing thing again this year, right? That's the plan. Yeah, um, I actually put it up on my page that I. I promise I'm going to do my best because I really missed that the last two years. Um, the only reason I didn't go at it this year, um, it wasn't a COVID thing. It was a finance thing. Yep. Because I know a lot of things come out of my pocket. Um, well, we're going to, we're going to change that. I guarantee this, this is going to change that. We are going to, we're going to, we want to be a part of that. Right. And, and these will be conversations we'll have offline. Right. But like, we're going to go out and we're going to make sure that you can have that this year. I, I guarantee it. Um, so I just want to say that. So I look forward to that because uh, I want some seven-year-olds to show me how to fish because uh, apparently um, somebody who has bought all of the gear, it doesn't mean jack because I'm horrible at it. You bought the wrong gear. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So who wants to go first? Dina, what you got? Um, I was just reflecting. You know, when you're talking about having – you win all this stuff at giveaways and just hearing – your story. I'm like, 
why don't you just like keep it and resell it? You know, like your perspective and your giving heart just really shines through. And that was yeah. like my mm-hmm. takeaway and like my mm-hmm. reflection point. I don't necessarily have questions, but I just think that's truly incredible. Like your first thought wasn't how can I, you know, I'm entering this giveaway yeah. to sell it, to get more money. Right. Like you're just like, you know what? I'm going to enter it so mm-hmm. I can give it away. Give it to like, a kid or something. Yeah. That's and amazing. That's, that's incredible. That's and some stuff, so awesome. you know, some stuff I did sell, like, you know, if I didn't feel like it was something that could go to a kid, but then I'd take the money and go buy stuff that I knew that, it, you know, yeah. could go to yeah. a kid, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I get it a lot from my friends. Um, they say that all the time. Like, dude, why are you giving away a $500 yeah. auger to a kid? Um, because I don't need it. I don't need it. I have an auger. It's very simple to you. It's simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just money and it's mm-hmm. just stuff. And um, if I can touch on that real quick, the coolest thing that ever uh, just happened recently before we moved out of the house, I forgot about this. A friend of mine, Jeff, hit me up. His kid was in the fishing league in one of the high schools. Jeff's kid doesn't have a lot of stuff. Basically my background. Not a lot of stuff. We don't have a lot of money. Um nonchalantly he's like hey you know if you hear something about a fish house um let me know and eventually i'd like to get him a fish locator Hmm. um because he doesn't have nothing and all these kids in the school they have all this stuff because their dads have money and they have the nice lund boats and all this stuff and i took that and i was like you know and i know it sounds weird but i was actually taking a shower and i was thinking about in the shower i'm like i'm gonna give him all my stuff Hmm. this is where the otter package comes in Seriously? Seriously. So I went outside. I grabbed my otter sled. I grabbed my pop-up fish house that I'd taken really good care of because I still hadn't had nothing really nice, but now I bought that flip-over shack. Yeah. I had a brand-new auger in the basement that I'd won. I hadn't touched it in two years. It just been sitting down there. So I went downstairs. I got the new auger. And I have all this stuff. You know, I try to always keep a bunch of stuff on hand. Like right now I have bins with some tip-ups and some rods and reels. And, you know, I always have extra leftover stuff yeah. from these events. Yep. Um, so I went and got a bunch of stuff. I went and got a minnow bucket, you know, because I had all this on hand, mm-hmm. you know, just from buying it all. Um, some tip-ups, a couple fishing fishing rods. Um, I had an extra sunflower heater. Oh, had, nice. Had some extra um, propane tanks. Yeah. Um, and this fish house had had a floor in it and stuff. You know, it was a unique polar bird fish house. I don't even know if they make them anymore, but I had won it. Um, so I put all this in a sled. And then I called my buddy Brian. He's one of my right-hand admins of the group. And I was telling him what I was doing. I'm like, I'm not going to post nothing about this. Like, I'm going to keep this hush-hush, but this is what I got going on. And I hung up with him. He called me back like two minutes later. He's like, dude, I got a Vexlar. I'm going to bring Shut it up. Shut up. And I'm like fuck yeah this is cool so those things start at like four or five hundred bucks yeah and it was just an fl8 you know um that's oh, yeah, prob- just an fl8 yeah <laughs> that's probably your cheapest one yeah. right around 300 but still um he's like i'm gonna bring it up and i said okay uh so got all this stuff together basically it's a big otter sled and it's packed full of every- awesome everything you need mm. to go fishing yeah and the only thing he needed was bait so i Pulled it all in the kitchen. I got it in this big otter sled. And I had hit Jeff up and I said, hey, man, what do you got going on today? You know, and I hadn't talked to him in a couple months. And he's like, oh, just down at grandma's, you know, and um, not doing too much. I was like, why don't you swing by and we'll talk about 
finding a fish house for your kid? Well, he had no idea. Mm. So Brian's up there, and uh, my other buddy Justin just so happened to stop by, and I have this sled packed full of gear in the kitchen, hid behind the center island. We had a really big center island in that house. And uh, we're just hanging out, and Jeff and his kids show up. And I just kind of start talking to the kid, and I'm like, so you like fishing? He's like, yeah. Um, and it turns out he just won a lifetime fishing license. For- no way. So um, I was like, oh, this is getting sweeter and sweeter. Like, you know, <laughs> he's got no idea, yeah. you know. And uh, I'm like, you like fishing? He's like, yeah. And I was like, well, what do you prefer? And he's like, I really like ice fishing. He goes, but I don't have a lot of stuff. And that was my cue. Like, I just got up out of the off the couch, and Jeff and his kid are sitting on the floor in front of me, and I just got up off the couch, and I walked into the kitchen, and I grabbed that sled, and it was a bitch to pull that in. Cause oh, was, yeah. So I pulled that sled out of the kitchen, and I pulled it right in the living room, and I said, here you go. This is all for you. Hmm. And his dad was like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, because, you know, yeah, all this brand new stuff, lightly used fish house, brand new auger, all this stuff. And I said, yep, that's all for you. And I said, you got everything you need there. Your dad's just got to buy you some bait. And that kid was just fucking blown oh away. Oh, my man. gosh. That's incredible. Yeah. And uh, that, was, that, was, that was pretty awesome. Mm. Um, Jeff's a really good friend. And, and you know, and I, that, that's why we do it is, you know, we know people struggle. I struggled. Um, I still don't have everything you could possibly want for ice fishing i mean i got a good chunk now but (laughs) yeah um you know but i denied myself you know a lot of different things just because yeah it's just stuff it's just money um you you can always get more money yeah but you can never get more time Mm -hmm. yeah um and you know that reflects back to one other thing too that it always stuck with me um, when I was in prison. I had read this poem. It's called Spending Your Dash. Have you guys ever heard it? Yep. yep. Um, oh, no, I haven't. No? Okay, no. so there's this poem. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but um, basically it talks about, you know, you always have your start date in life, your year, and you have your end year in life. Um, but nobody really talks about the dash in the middle, and that's, mm. that's all your time. Like that's everything you do throughout your entire life. It's it's such a small insignificant insignificant yeah. mark, um, in such a you know meaningful event. Your born date and your death date, um, but it holds the most value, um, and that always stuck with me. Spending your dash, and you know that goes back to the thing with Vanessa said finding your purpose and all that stuff too. Um, I literally lose track of time. Whenever I'm doing stuff that involves those kids, um, fishing, uh, anything to do with that, that outdoor group, like that is, that is my jam. Like, and I, mm-hmm. I will, I mean, nothing else matters really, uh, in the world when I'm doing that stuff and it's the greatest feeling in the world. Like, And, and, my, and, and this, this is the, uh, G-I-T-C-H-A, some outdoors. Yep, get you some outdoors. You have almost 7,000 people in there. Yeah, it's gotten awesome. pretty big. Um, and, it, you know, people love that event. Uh, the last one was really huge. Uh, pretty depressing that we didn't get to do it because of COVID and mayor rules or governor rules that, mm-hmm. that year. And then this last year, I was just kind of tight on money. So um, I didn't want to try and pull something off and not have it what everyone's used to it mm-hmm. being. 
um, because we always go all out. We don't, we don't expect nothing from anyone. Um, we don't charge anyone at anything, and we just go out there and have a good time. We feed everybody. We make sure the kids have a good time. Um, usually we're really lucky and catch some really, really big northern pike and uh, some crappies and mm. some sunnies and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, that's just... That's my that's my stuff right there. Oh, we're gonna bl- we're, we're we're hopefully we're gonna be a part of it with you this year. We're looking forward to that. So I have a question. Yeah. Um, you talked a lot about goal setting and writing them down. What does your next ten years look like? Uh, next ten years, I don't really have a ten year. Um, the next biggest thing that I would like to do, um, that's kind of always been on the back burner, is make get you some outdoors a nonprofit. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I kind of started it, uh, then I just lost track of it. Um, admin stuff, you know, just, uh, you know, everybody's got their own lives going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so those cards really have to align because, you know, there's so many stipulations that go with a nonprofit. You know, you got to really have a board of people and, yeah. um, yep. you know, there's there's stuff there that really has to align. And but that would definitely be a goal. Um, as far as anything else, you know, that's kind of what I was doing this winter is just reflecting on actually accomplishing all this stuff in the last few years. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I hit that big goal of a house and that's huge to me. Mm -hmm. Like that is so huge. I know some people like, yeah, it's just a house. Um, No. And, and it actually ended up being so much more than I anticipated that I really had to take some time this winter to reflect on that because, I never thought it would happen hmm. um, just because all the debt, um, you know, there were so many challenges. Because there. that means you paid off the IRS. That means you've paid off the uh, the back child support. Yeah. I mean, all of that had to be done in order for this to happen. Yeah. And I actually got my first tax return this year. It wasn't much, um, you know, from what it should have been. Um, you know, I ended up with a couple hundred bucks, but that told me that all the back mm. child support is finally paid How in full. How amazing is that? That's awesome. Right. That is so paid cool, in full. man. Paid in full. And then, you know what's funny? Is I actually just got another check the other day because I paid too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. God bless the universe. All right. How, how old is your son now? My son is 21. Um, and there's some issues there. Um, but that's the thing, you know, when my mom passed away, um, he came around right after. Hmm. Um, so that was hard to swallow um, because it was like, God, my mom just missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really tough to deal with. Um, I didn't raise him, so I, I have a lot of work to do there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to do that on a daily basis. Um, and he's got some legal issues going on. Um, doesn't surprise me just because of, you know, I try to relate to what he went through because mm-hmm. um, he knows that, you know, who raised him ain't his real mom and dad and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but we do have a relationship now. And, you know, I went through it with my oldest daughter, too, mm-hmm. um, when her mom told her exactly why I wasn't around and stuff like that. And I don't blame her for telling her. You know, I knew it was going to happen eventually and I'd have to face that. Yeah. Um, she was really upset with me. And... Mm-hmm. You know, she's even told me, you know, there was times that I would only talk to you because I knew I could get something out of you and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I don't blame her. 
I don't blame her one bit. Um, but now our relationship today is so great. Like, I mean, it's not like on an everyday basis and stuff, but you know, she actually decided to come and live with me, um, before she moved with her boyfriend up North and he could go to school and, um, you know, so that felt really good. Um, cause I'd been carrying a weight on my shoulders, even when I was using, you know, um, I never stopped caring about my kids. Mm-hmm. I was just stuck in a place. I didn't know how to get out of it. No, yeah. know how to deal with it. Like addiction is real and it's, uh, you know, them hard drugs are nasty stuff. You know, they, they tear your life apart and you don't even know it. And then by the time you do realize it, like you're in a place that you just, you don't know how to get out mm-hmm. of. And everybody deals with it different. Everybody has their own interpretation of what drug addiction's like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have my own. Um, why I didn't go through any withdrawals the last time when I finally got sober, I don't know. Um, why I got blessed with a, a, a chance to turn my life around like I did. Um, even being such a serious charge, I don't know. Um, but I'm thankful for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you did not miss that opportunity. No. Um, yeah, there was no, like I had to hit a home run on this one and I made sure I did. Yeah. That it, is so it was a long home run, but yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> it's a 500 footer off the left wall there <laughs> down the left field. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So the stuff with my son, it's a work in progress. Um, it definitely has a lot more, it has a lot more ground to cover, mm-hmm. um, than the relationship with my other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like today I'm going to pick up my second oldest daughter. Um, you know, she tries to come around. She tries to hang out with Jocelyn. Yeah. Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. She tries to hang out with grandpa. Um, she was really close to my mom. So that's been a hard thing to deal with. And now we're dealing with my stepdad. He's got cancer. Mm. Um, so we're dealing with all that. Um, you know, so there's still going to be all those life challenges that mm-hmm. throw themselves in the mix. Um, but you know, I, I, I tell people all the time there's, there's nothing you can do about this. Like I even told my stepdad, like there's, there's nothing you can do to control this. Mm -hmm. This is out of your hands. Um, whether you want to turn to God or whoever Mm -hmm. with it, that's up to you. I'm going to pray about it. And I pray about it every night. Um, I said, but there, there ain't nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. This is in the doctor's hands the nurse's hands. And in my opinion, God's hands. Mm -hmm. And there's not, um, there's not anything we can do. So, you know, enjoy what you have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my Jocelyn, she was pretty upset because we didn't want to tell her about grandpa because mm-hmm. she just dealt with grandma. Um, so she was pretty upset when she found out and we didn't said nothing to her. But um, she's doing she's doing her best to spend time mm-hmm. with grandpa. And um, I have no problem with that. She's spending more weekends at grandpa's house than she's been coming to my house. This mm-hmm. is actually the first weekend she's coming to my house in a few months mm-hmm. because she's just been going to grandpa's. So, um, I have no problem allowing that. Like go right ahead. You know, if I want to come see you, you're eight miles down the road, you know, I can come see you guys too, or we can just yeah. go do something together or whatever. Yep. Um, so I get it, but yeah, the son definitely has some work. Mm-hmm. And you and Melissa have now been together for how long? Um, we've been going through all this together. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. And we've had struggles there too. You know, um, getting sober didn't hit Melissa the same way it did me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trading one for the other, um, going from using what we were using to uh, drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a battle with me and Melissa. 
Um, but she never gave up trying to change those things um, in order to better our relationship. And she has worked her ass off at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so kudos to her. You know, she never really gave up. And, you know, she's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I want to be sober on every aspect because um, it, it wasn't a problem, but then it turned into a problem. So and that's when I took notice, you know, like, hey, you're drinking way too much. Mm-hmm. Like you're just trading things out. And but she wanted to change that for us, for our relationship, for our family and stuff like that. So, um yeah, we've been in this, you know, we met during the drug days mm-hmm. and then she went through with me being in jail and all that stuff. And, you know, we stayed together throughout the whole whole ordeal. So, I mean, we've been in this battle together for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be 11 years in July, if I'm right. Yeah. That's incredible. That's amazing. Just yeah. an incredible story. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up here. Um, I'm sure we're going to have you on again because we're going to talk more specifically about ice fishing and this event, and we're going to we're gonna have some hell of a good times with it. Um, I want to say thank you so much for sharing everything mm-hmm. and just being... There are so many, like, lessons. So, so real, so authentic, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and um, it's an incredible story. So I am... I, I, I like you and enjoy you, but now I'm, I, like, I'm really... I know it sounds weird, but I'm proud to know you. Right. That's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, as we always do, we out. Deuces. Tune in each week for more in-depth conversations about life behind the highlight reel. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to make sure you never miss an episode. For today's show notes, head over to lbthr.com.